Welcome to the Connect Group's podcast series. Hi, I'm Amanda and I'm the Media and Communications Officer here at Connect Groups. Today I'm going to be talking about how to coordinate a Facebook support group. The Facebook support group sector has grown significantly over the past few years and we particularly saw an increase during the COVID-19 lockdown as a way for people to continue providing support to one another while maintaining their social distancing. Facebook groups are a great addition for in-person support groups who want to offer online connection for their members or they also work as a standalone group that doesn't wish to offer face-to-face meetings. In this podcast, I'm going to provide an overview of what you should have in place before starting a Facebook support group, managing group members, roles and responsibilities of your admin team, and responding to difficult posts. So what should you have in place before starting a Facebook support group? First of all, you must have clear vision and purpose statements. A vision statement is a one-sentence statement that describes the clear long-term desired change resulting from the work of your Facebook support group. So as an example, Connect Group's vision is connected, thriving communities. Your purpose statement defines what your Facebook support group is all about, why it exists and its overall reason for being. As an example, our purpose is connecting the community through building support groups that aim to combat isolation and give hope for the future. Your vision and purpose statements will define the value and outcome of what your Facebook support group wishes to achieve. If you need support in developing your vision and purpose statements, there's a great resource available on the Connect Group's website that can support you with this process. Next up, you must have a well-defined target audience. Think about who your Facebook support group is for. Who are you wanting to support? You need to have a good understanding of your audience to be able to run an effective group that meets their needs. Next, you need to have a code of conduct in place. This is an essential step before starting your Facebook support group. The code of conduct sets and achieves common aims and objectives, helps to manage challenging behavior and conflict, provides consistency, and helps to create a safe environment for all group members. It also sets the standard for what is and is not acceptable to post within the group, holding members accountable for their behavior. On Facebook, your code of conduct will sit under the group rules section. Some examples of what you should include in your code of conduct are privacy and confidentiality. So what is shared in the group stays in the group, respectful communication, relevant content, so keeping the content relevant to the group's vision and purpose, conduct around personal messaging other members of the group, no advertising and marketing, complaints and conflict procedures, use of sensitivity and trigger warnings, and processes for removal from the group. It's also important to include in your code of conduct a disclaimer that the information shared within the group does not equate to medical advice. Sometimes members might share information about alternative treatments or diets, and it's important to have a disclaimer in place that recommends that members seek advice from their GP about this type of information. Finally, more than anything, you need to have a really good understanding of how to use Facebook. 
If you're not familiar with the platform, it could be a bit tricky to navigate Facebook groups and manage the admin side of things. It's recommended that you learn the basic functions of Facebook before setting up your Facebook support group. Next, we're gonna talk about managing your Facebook support group members. We've broken this section into three parts, screening questions, removing members, and making members part of the admin team. When members request to join your group, you can set up screening questions for them to answer. These questions are a chance for you to ensure that the person meets the eligibility to join the group. Facebook allows you to ask up to three questions. Depending on the purpose of your group, you might consider questions around diagnosis, situation, location, or age. Another common question groups would add in the screening process is what do you hope to get out of the group? This helps you to find out the person's intent in joining the group and if what they're after isn't something that the group offers, you can let them know. When entering your screening questions, Facebook also gives you the option to add a checkbox that potential members can tick, stating that they agree to your group rules. We recommend that you enable this option because it holds members accountable for their behaviour in the group if they have read and signed off on the group rules. Often you'll get requests from people who would like to join the group, but they don't answer your screening questions. It's important to have a procedure in place for these circumstances. We recommend sending the person a private message, thanking them for their interest in your group and advising that they are required to answer the screening questions for their request to be considered. Set a time frame for how long you would like to wait for a response, whether it be five days or two weeks. And if you haven't received a reply by that deadline, you can then decline their membership request. When to remove members. Members are generally removed from the group when they no longer meet eligibility requirements or if they breach your code of conduct. It's important to develop procedures for removing members, to articulate these in your code of conduct, and most of all, to be consistent with the process. And what I mean by consistent is that if you decide to provide a warning before removing a member, you must keep that process across all members. If a member has breached the code of conduct, we recommend you send the person a private message, letting them know gently which group rule they have breached and any consequences as a result. Adding members to the admin team. So when adding members to your admin team, you should have a recruitment policy in place. The policy should include things like minimum time, the member must have been part of the group before joining, the member must have sound understanding of the group's vision and purpose, what skills the member should have, and the time commitment for the role. New admins and moderators should sign off on group management policies and procedures. You should also consider a trial period to determine if the person is right for the admin team and to also ensure that they are happy within their role. When managing your admin team, it's important to set clear roles and responsibilities. Some roles of the admin team include monitoring conversations and responding appropriately, conflict management, managing member requests, welcoming new members to the group, posting conversation starters, responding to support requests, removing inappropriate posts or turning off comments, and ensuring the group runs as intended.
It's recommended that you set a roster or schedule for your admin team to avoid burnout and provide templates and set responses where possible. Consider creating a private group just for your admin team to debrief, address any challenges and to provide support to one another. Responding to difficult posts. Occasionally you may receive a post in your Facebook support group that is inappropriate, irrelevant or distressing to other members of the group. It's essential that you have procedures in place to deal with these types of posts. If a post breaches the group code of conduct, we recommend that you remove the post and follow up with a private message to the member who posted. Use a generic response to inform the person why their post was removed. For example, your post has been removed as it breached the group's code of conduct. You can then insert the specific rule that they broke. If you have any questions regarding this, please contact the admin team. If the post was potentially distressing to other members of the group, you should also share support information and helplines in a post to all group members. If a post itself is not inappropriate, but the comments are becoming aggressive, inappropriate or deviating from the purpose of the group, you have the option to turn off the comments. Again, give an explanation by commenting on the thread. For example, admins have turned off commenting on this post because the conversation was not relevant to the original post and the purpose of the group. Please remember to be respectful of other members of the group. If a member of the group is posting distressing content about their own situation, take the conversation offline by privately messaging the member and provide them with links to support services and helplines as needed. Evaluating the group. You should evaluate your group on a regular basis to ensure it continues to meet the needs of your members. You can do this by using the polls feature, asking members for suggestions and input. You can circulate an evaluation survey once or twice a year for member feedback. It's also recommended that you review your procedures and templates on a yearly basis. As your group grows, you'll find that you might need to tweak or add new procedures along the way. Invite your admin team to contribute to this review and to provide their evaluation as well. Connect Groups has a range of info sheets and resources for Facebook support groups that are available on our website at www.connectgroups.org.au which I really encourage you to check out if you're looking at starting or if you're looking at improving your Facebook support group. And of course, if you'd like to chat with myself or another member of the Connect Groups team, please just give us a call on 0893 Thanks for listening.